0: right where you are supposed to be, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Excited for today. You guys got to find it. Uh, if you've been with us the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the role of the Holy Spirit and how Jesus said, and this is cool, uh, two big passages that deal with the Trinity. that There's God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It was John 16, and Jesus is speaking, and he says, because I go to the Father, the Helper, the Spirit of truth, Will come to you. And he tells them that the Spirit of Truth is going to bring an understanding, an awareness, conviction of three things: sin, the fact that you've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, of righteousness, meaning there is hope to be found in Jesus because of his holy perfection, and judgment, because in the end, God's gonna separate those who are saved from those who are not. And so he says the Holy Spirit's coming into the world to bring understanding and knowledge and insight into the fact that there is sin, that there is a Savior, and that judgment is coming. And then he says, for those of you that are saved, the Holy Spirit's going to lead you into greater truths. Awesome stuff. And then Jesus teaches his disciples, those that follow him, he says something awesome. Uh, but I want you to think for a minute. What are some amazing things that Jesus did? So think of the stories you know, some miraculous, awesome stuff. What are some things that Jesus did? Yes. He fed the 5,000. Totally, 5, with a couple, if you don't know the story, two little fish, five loaves of bread, 5,000 people eat so much, and there's still leftovers for everybody else. Yep. He walked on water, walked on water totally. Yep. To raise dead Raised dead people back to life. He healed the leopard. When it was healed the leopard. This is crazy disease. He, he himself rose from the dead. Awesome. The guy, Yes. Turned water into wine, right? He healed deaf people, blind people, broken people, uh, people who were paralyzed he ended up getting up and walking out, carrying their mat. Amazing stuff. Last one, what do you got? He, he didn't destroy the temple. He cleaned it. He totally to- to- didn't clean it like waxing and cleaning and buffing. He drove out all the sin uh, and then that place turned into an, a, a place of miracles and healing. It was really cool. Um, but here's the deal. All those things that Jesus did, raising people from the dead, casting out demons, healing brokenness, uh, incredible things. Jesus says to those who would follow him, look at the works that I have done, you will do also and greater than these, that our impact would be even bigger than what Jesus did, that it would be global and around the world. And he says something amazing at the beginning. He says, I am the light of the world. But then he turns around and says, and You are the light of the world. And so today, as we talk about the Holy Spirit bringing light about sin and salvation and teaching us greater truths, he brings us to this point of wanting us to understand that the Holy Spirit brings the gifts of the Spirit, Uh, and we'll talk all about what those are and what they look like and what they mean in the next couple of weeks together. Uh, But today, you need to know one thing for sure. You are right where you are supposed to be. You guys found 1 Corinthians chapter 12? Let's pray and get into it, all right? Father, we thank you, God, that we can gather together, not hoping to find truth, but absolutely sure that if we would just listen to what the Spirit is saying, we'll find it. That if we just long and want a little bit more of you, you'll give it. And so, God, we ask that we would know more at the end of today, not for the sake of knowledge, but for the sake of life. Lead us, please, we pray in Jesus' name. And we all said amen. All right, cool deal. Now, quick question. Do you guys know what this word ignorance means? Have you ever heard the word ignorant? Have you guys at least familiar with it? You're like, yeah, I've heard the word ignorant or to be ignorant of something. All right. Uh, Maybe you've been told you're ignorant or whatever. It's not the nicest phrase. You don't want to carry that label terribly long. What does it mean? Anybody know? Yeah. Stupid. Stupid? Okay. Not exactly. Uh, It's not as mean as calling someone stupid unaware, to be kind of uh, almost just clueless. That's pretty good. Ignore stuff. To ignore stuff. That's really good. You guys are great. Not smart. not smart. It's more than that though. It's not just like, oh, you're just dumb. Uh, yeah. What do you think? Last that. Yeah. Uneducated. Uneducated. You're good. Okay. So this idea not to be ignorant. Look at your friend real quick. Say, don't be ignorant. All right, it means a lack of knowledge or training. It's not that you say you're dumb, but you don't have this knowledge, this training to be unlearned. Uh, Maybe it's the idea of you didn't know how to swim when you were born, right? No one knows how to swim when they're born, even though you were living in water for nine months. Go figure. And uh, you're born, and as you grow up, you're at the pool, you're at the beach, you're at the lake, you're somewhere, and yet you just never get in the water, never get in the water, always have the opportunity, but never take it, and so now you're like 40 years old and can't swim. It's kind of weird. It's that same idea, to be around something, but to never want to know more about it. And what we're talking about today is exactly one of these topics that people kind of get close to and just kind of shy away from, and the Bible says don't do that. Don't be ignorant of it. It's not a mean, vicious term. It's a term that's drawing a sense. Of saying, Don't do this. Don't miss out on something you can know. Uh, you might end up taking Spanish class in high school. I did that. It was not easy for me, for sure. No comprendo Spanish, oh. Um, but look, here we go. Imagine sitting through Spanish class all year long and getting to the end of it and not knowing Spanish. Happens sometimes. It's the same thing. So here, look at Check this out. We're going to read 1 Corinthians 12, first six verses, okay? You guys ready? You found it? It says, now concerning spiritual gifts. So what are we talking about today? Good job, spiritual gifts. Brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. There's that word. Don't miss this, he's saying. Don't sit through church over the next couple of weeks and miss it. Don't go there. Verse four, pick it up. Verse four. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but the same God who works all in all. Really cool. Now, he's not saying don't be ignorant about everything in life. You have to be a master of all things. But this one topic, what was it? What are you not supposed to be ignorant about? Jesus, Jesus, true, but... In this, look at verse one. Spiritual gifts. Good job. Now, here's one of the things you got to be careful for, all right? Very common thought is that spiritual gifts are the same as talents. What are things you guys are good at? You just, now, I'm, I know we're normally not told to like, I'm not saying brag about yourself, but what's something you just tend to be kind of good at? Kitty. Drawing. How many of you guys are artists? You're like, I'm actually, I'm better than my friends, so I guess I must be okay at it. Cool. Good job. Uh, what else are you guys good at? Isaac. Shooting, all right? Any marksmen in here? You actually go to the desert somewhere? Couple, all right. What else, what do you guys like? Baseball, any athletes, soccer, hockey? All right, cool deal. Tennis, tennis is actually awesome. Um, but okay, what else? Video games. Video games, how many guys are good? Like you're actually, look, I hate the topic, but you're actually not addicted to it. You're actually good at it. You pick up the remote and you can figure it out and beat the game in like a couple hours. What about technology in general? You just understand computers and things like that. I understand that I don't understand computers, and that's about as far as we go. Um, look, there's all kinds of stuff. We could go down this road of what okay, What do you got at? Uh, like driving, off-road driving off-road vehicles. All right. You good at that? Cool. How about talking? Anybody good at talking? I'm just like, whoa. Okay. I'm not like you. If you and I meet up somewhere and we run out of stuff to say, which will take about five seconds, we'll just, I'm that guy like, hey, how you doing? And you stare at each other like good conversation. That's how it goes. So look, here's the deal though, okay? A lot of people, you're gonna you're gonna find this out throughout your entire life. This doesn't go away. People equate my spiritual gifts to what I'm good at. It, but the problem is that's just not true. They in fact do not equal spiritual gifts do not equal natural talents. All right? God gave you a personality and a skill set unique to who you are, which is awesome, but those are natural talents. These are called spiritual gifts. The word implies God is going to give you, through His Spirit, divine insight, understanding, or power to do something that you actually can't do. That I'm shy and afraid. Careful, God might turn you into an evangelist and a Bible teacher. Or maybe you're just not naturally intellectual, but God gives you wisdom into situations and problems. Or you don't know people very well. You're afraid of getting close, but God's going to give you insight into people's lives so that you help them. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. You might love, I'm great at public speaking, but God might pull you behind the scenes to be helping. They are spiritual gifts, not natural talents. Does that make sense? Now, God can, you, can God use your natural talents? Of course, uh, but look it, if you're just awesome at baseball and you hit at home runs, every time you get up to hit, hitting the home run does not glorify God. But when you go pro and start smashing the home run record and the camera comes to you and is like, man, what's going on? Now you have a chance to glorify God because of how you were. Or playing baseball itself doesn't glorify God, but you're in a dugout full of guys hanging out like all the time. You have a chance to talk to them, encourage them, invite them places, tell them about church and Jesus. Does that make sense? So God will use your natural talents to open doors for spiritual gifts and opportunities, but they themselves aren't the thing that God's doing. Cool? Um, So far so good? If I confuse you or you're like, wait, I don't get it, help me out, I'll help you out. But here's the deal, it's all from the same source. We just read it in verse 4, 5, and 6. Take a look at it again with me makes perfect sense, I think, if you just go slow enough. But verse 4, 5, and 6. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There's differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but the, guess what it is? Same God, good job, who works all in all. So it's from the same source, but there's a variation. There is a difference, all right? Check this out diversities of gifts, diversities of activities, diversities of ministries. It's a distinct difference. There's all kinds of examples of this, but they are exactly the same and totally different. What do you mean? How can you be totally different and exactly the same? That makes no sense. Yeah, it does. We've had the conversation about ice cream before. There's like hundreds of different flavors. They're all my favorite, but let's roll with it, all right? It doesn't matter. Or you can have different kinds of cookies that you like, but they're all at the end of the day, cookies, right? Oh, okay. Uh, girls typically at some point like makeup, but you don't put lipstick across your forehead. I don't think you're supposed to do that at least. No, I, mean, I mean, a little two-year-old does, and it's like, ah, hey, okay, what's happening? But for the most part, certain what, things, makeup, eyelash stuff goes on the eyelashes, the lip stuff goes on the lips, the face stuff goes not on the face. I mean, the, whatever. I don't know. Colors go different places, right? But it's all makeup, or about tools. And you guys, in you're like, "Yeah, I love tools. I love tools." So, um, simple, simple, simple stuff. Okay, ready? What is that? Screwdriver. What is this? Hammer. What is this one? Drill. Yeah, it's a screwdriver. It's a drill. It's a whatever you want to call it. A couple different names. Now, are they the same? No. But are they all tools? Yes. And so look, what we read through this whole thing, he says there's a diversity of things. There's a variation of things going on. There's some differences. So check check it out. Here we go. Ready? Let's think through this real quick here. There's a difference in gifts. Look at verse four. I would circle gifts. It's your Bible. There's a diversity of gifts. There's a variation, meaning you're not all called to do the same thing. You don't pick up a hammer to try and take out a screw. You don't pick up a drill gun to try and uh, hammer in a nail. You get a hammer to hammer in a nail. There's different tools for different things. Uh, imagine your, your mom needs tweezers, and instead she's like, did you just bring the saw? It's like the same thing. No! Pulling out a splinter versus cutting off a limb are two totally different things, and you need to do two totally different tools, all right? Uh, there's variation of gifts, variation of ministries. This is verse 5 circle it or underline it in your Bible. What does this mean? It's kind of a big fancy word, older English we're not used to. It just means different positions or places. There's a difference. You jump onto a old ship a couple hundred years ago. There'd be the captain. There'd be the first mate, the guy that knows how to navigate with the stars. There'd be the deck hands, right? Swab the deck, mateys. And they're like, arr, sir. Then there's the chef down on the galley cooking everything up. You don't get rid of any of them. They all serve different purposes. No captain. Well, the ship's going to fall apart and die. No first mate. You're never going to get where you need to go. No one to swab the deck. You're probably going to slip and crack your head open on a cannonball. No chef. You're all going to starve to death. No one's more important than the other. They all fill different roles. And so the Bible's saying, look, there's a different kinds of gifts. You're not supposed to all have the same thing. For your, any of your dads work construction? couple? Cool. Imagine you work construction. You go to the job site. You open your tool bag. and You're like, man, I got a nice set of tools. I got 365 different kinds of screwdrivers. No hammers, no saws, no tape measure, no pencils, no extension cords, nothing else, no wrenches, Just a lot of cool screwdrivers. God's not like, hey, I want you to all be the same. In fact, he's like, look at, quit freaking out. You're not supposed to try and be like each other. It's enough work trying to be like who you're supposed to be. Don't worry about everybody else. You focus on being who God's called you to be, and that might mean you plug into different places, different ministries or places of ministry. The third thing, verse six, different activities, okay? Uh, I don't know why I keep going back to hammers, but that's just the theme of the day. Anybody ever been camping? All right, I love camping. You guys ever put a tent peg into the ground? You're putting up your tent, you get out that big old steel stake, and what do you need to put it in? A hammer. So you start pounding on that, and it's like, boom, 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 and you get in the ground. like, yeah, I did it. Cool. If you went home and tried to hang a picture on the wall with the amount of force you used driving the tent peg into the ground, you're going to have a problem. <laughs> no 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 does it's tap 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 that's all it takes same tool two totally different situations and so they're told look don't be ignorant on this don't miss it okay there are spiritual gifts where God is not not just your natural talents but God is going to divinely meaning he is going to supernaturally by his spirit give you the ability to do something you're not naturally good at And it's going to be different things for different people. And different people are going to play different roles, like on the ship. And the difference in activities, verse 6, it means there's going to be times where the hammer's got to be swung really hard and times where it needs to be swung really soft. So don't expect everything in life to be the same all the time. You either feel like you're stuck in a rut. You wake up, you got up late so you didn't eat breakfast, barely got dressed, Get to school, sit through your classes, go home, do your homework, get in a little bit of trouble, get out of a little bit of trouble, go to sleep, wake up late, leave for school, sit through classes, go home, do your homework, at least most of it, then you go to school the next day, and you just repeat it over and over again. Look, we can even feel like that in church, where we come in, we sit down, worship happens, study happens, we go home. And it happens over, and the Lord's like, look, it, there's a variety of things going on. And you play an important role right now. Look around at your friends. Tell them you play an important role. It's true. You'll find out here in a minute, but not one person is not supposed to be here. And you're not just supposed to be called to sit in a chair all the time. That there's a diversity of ministries, different things going on all the time. So there's a variety of stuff, but there's also it's from the same source. Okay. So it's from the same source, not similar but exact sameness. Skateboards are skateboards, but they all look different, correct? This is not like, oh, it's water from where? I don't know, one of those places that has water. Like, no, no, this all comes from one source. Who is it? It's God. Verse four, it says it's from the same spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. Verse five, look at it. It says from the same Lord. Okay, you ready for this? The same Lord, reference to Jesus Christ. He's the one calling the shots. And verse six, the same God. It's not about you and I. We're not at the wheel here. God's driving this thing. He's the one in control. So it's from the same source. It's from the Lord. Ephesians chapter four, verse seven. Okay, let's read this together. But to each one of us, grace was given, underline the important stuff, according to the measure of Christ's gift. The measure. Anybody like cooking? Yeah, I like cooking, can't bake to save my life. And you know Why? I don't believe in measuring things. You should cook from your heart. A little more salt, put a little more salt. A little more sugar, put a little more sugar. Need an extra egg? Just crack that baby and drop it in, okay? That's how I roll. And you can get away with that in cooking, but baking, not so much. So I try not to do it. Yeah, you can, know. Yeah, you can do it. It'll be messed up and people want to die, right? It's like... <laughs> but uh, So here we go. According to the measure of Christ's gift... Christ's gift. He measures it out. Look, if you're not supposed to be a Daniel in the lion's den or a David and Goliath, don't, don't be like, well, I don't have that kind of courageous boldness. Like, well, you're not called to fight giants and sleep with lions, okay? Like, it's okay, but I'm shy. That's fine. Christ, what if you are supposed to be a David? Then he'll give you the boldness and the courage to do that kind of stuff according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and like he said, under, he gave gifts to men. So God isn't saying, like, hey, what do you want to be? He says, like, I know you. I made you, and I made you on purpose, and I made you with a purpose, and I've gifted you to fulfill it. You have a place. So instead of looking and measuring up to other people, you just look and find out what God has given out to you. Next verse, Romans chapter 12. Verse 3, it says, for I say, here we go, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to, so don't get too excited here, like, "Oh, what if you are called to be an evangelist, right? There are people that are called to preach the gospel, and they see tons of people get saved, cool, it ain't you though, is it? You're not the source of awesomeness, God is the source. Remember Kung Fu Panda? Remember the first one? It opens up with this like little daydream thing, and, or maybe he was sleeping, but it, no extra charge for awesomeness. Like, hold on a second. Anything awesome is of God. We sow, I mean, we, we plant, we tell people the gospel, other people water. We talked about this last week, meaning they come alongside after. But God does the end. He's the awesomeness. And, and it says, God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So you don't need to worry about who you are not. You just need to worry about who you are becoming as you follow Jesus. Look at your Bibles. 1 Corinthians 12, 11. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. It's very simple. I mean, what's a gift anyways? We're called gifts of the Spirit. A gift is something that I want to give you, whether you want it or not. Okay, right? Like if I give you a sweet box of homemade brownies, uh, you'd be like, sweet. If I gave you a sweet box of moldy bananas, you'd be like, mmm. But it's not really up to you what, now look, in this culture, gift giving's kind of whack. Some people, it's like Christmas, they make their list, they turn it in, mom and dad go buy it and put it under the tree. We have family members that that's exactly how it rolls. The wife just makes her list of like five or six things she wants, gives it to the husband, husband takes it, buys it, puts it in a box, actually it comes in a box so it doesn't even wrap it, puts it under the tree and then she unwraps what she wanted. That's called a shopping list, not like a gift idea. If you only want money. See, true that's asking for something. Truly, gifts are given from the giver and they give whatever they want. It's at their expense and their discretion. My favorite gifts over time is like, what do you want for Christmas? Actually, I just want to find out what you pick. If you really think I would love a box of like mint flavored toothpicks, like that makes me laugh. Like, oh sweet, that's a great gift. They thought I'd like it. I'm allergic to mint and I'll probably die if I put one in my no, I'm just kidding. I'm not allergic to mint, but yeah. <laughs> Oh, yes, okay. Don't go too far down this road, but if I had to pick brand new socks, if I was super filthy rich, do you know what I'd do? I'd wear brand new socks every day of my life. I'd just donate them or throw them away after I used them because donating socks is kind of weird. But look, here's the deal. What are we talking about? Spiritual gifts. Verse 11 here, it says that he distributes to each one individually as he wills. So you don't have to figure out how to become Something. You just figure out what God has already created you to be. How do you do that? Draw near to the Lord. Be in the word. Start praying. Learn how to love people and love God. And you will fall right into what he's created you to be. It's not actually that complicated. What if I try and get up and do a Bible study and it fails? Hey, praise the Lord. You know what you're not good at. Move on to something else. What if you get up and preach the gospel and everyone gets saved? Sweet, probably an evangelist and a lot of other cool stuff, okay? So here's the deal. Same source, we know that for sure, yeah? Same purpose. You and I, it's from the same source and all the gifts serve basically one purpose. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You're right there. Look at verse seven. But the manifestation or the revealing, the making known of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Not for the profit of you. It's for the profit of all. Now, here's the interesting thing about spiritual gifts. Your spiritual gift is to help everyone other than you. Does that make sense? Your spiritual gift is to help everyone except for yourself. Now, think through how brilliant God is. This actually works out really, really, really well. There's a variety of things. There's a variety of ways that they're used. There's a variety of positions to be filled. And God says, I've caused you to be one of those people, to fill one of those spots, and to have one of those gifts. So here's how it rolls, though. It's not for you. But that's so sad. No, it's brilliant. So everyone point at yourself real quick. Just hello, you, all right? If you were all about helping yourself, how many people are helping you? Let me help you out, this many. One, one, you you do count. So you're helping yourself, like, yeah, I got this. All right, cool. Now imagine you stop helping yourself and help everyone else in this room as much as you can. You love them, hold the door open for them. Uh, Maybe God's gonna call one of you guys to lead worship or teach the Bible one day or be all kinds of cool stuff. Maybe it's to help straighten chairs and pick up trash afterwards. There's all kinds of things that God will call you to do, but he calls you to do it. Now look around, everyone, just look around, everyone in the room. What if everyone was consumed with serving the Lord through serving everyone around them? Now how many people are here and committed to helping you? 60, 70 people? It's a lot better than the one looking in the mirror who's actually not that good at helping themselves anyways. God says, I want the body to be involved in each other's life. I want you to get to know each other. I want you to serve each other. The greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And look around, the person next to you as much as you love yourself. Pretty cool. So here we go. Same source, same purpose. Then there's your place. And this is the last little chunk we're going to look at today. Your place. You belong here. You're in the right place. Check this out. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 starting in verse 15. You ready? Check it out. Starting in verse 15. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, well then I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Of course not. Verse 16. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye. I'm not an eyeball. I'm not part of the body," well. Is that true then? Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eyeball, where would the hearing be? And if the whole were hearing, where would the smelling be? Yeah, I love the sarcasm. Think through this real quick. He says, look, if the foot gets all jealous that it doesn't get a hold the baseball bat that hits the home runs, and it's like, you know what? I'm not a hand, so I don't, I'm not part of the body anymore. It's like, um, I understand you feel that way, but yes, you are. <laughs> Look, you're part of it. You're attached, man. What are you talking about? You're not part of the body anymore. Or what's the other one? The ear says, oh, I'm not an eyeball. Therefore, if you had a third eyeball on the side of your head, that'd be weird, all right? The ear is exactly what it's supposed to be and exactly where it is supposed to be. I don't want an ear on the front of my face or an eyeball on the side. So if the ear's like, oh, I'm not an eyeball. I don't belong here anymore. Look, you can feel that way, but it's not true, not true and there's times where you may feel like man i don't know if i fit in quite right i don't know if this is where i belong i look take those lies and throw them away you belong as part of the body of christ whether you're acting like it or not maybe you feel like a stranger i can sympathize with you i get it i've been there many times but it's not true you are right where you're supposed to be. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross and rose again, giving you new life, you belong. Look how sad. Thanksgiving comes along. Your family's all there around the table. It's been cooked. Do you matter, does everyone, anyone like Thanksgiving? Oh, I love things. Thanksgiving makes me happy. Just saying the word is fun. Everyone's around the table, all the food, the pecan pie and the pumpkin pie and the apple pie, and then there's like turkey and stuff, but there's the pie, and everyone's there hanging out, eating, having a good time, and you're sitting on a table out on the front porch alone in the rain, complaining that you don't have anything to eat. This is the only time where it's like, oh, come on. Your family's invited, come in the house. What are you doing out there? come in, there's food, there's people, you're in the rain, like what is going on? There's people who have been invited clearly. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And it's all been laid out. Jesus paid it on the cross. It's done. It's finished. Just accept and walk into it. And it will give you new life, and with that new life come all kinds of blessings. One of many, yeah, the spiritual gifts, but so much. So look, if you feel like a stranger in the midst of a group of people at a church, either one of two things. You're kind of sitting on the porch looking in, and you've never taken God at his word and accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, or something's up, and you need to know it's just a lie. That feeling of not being connected. He says, look, the ears right where it's supposed to be and doing what it's supposed to do. He says, come on, look at verse 16. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eyeball, where would the, you'd be a bunch of deaf eyeballs. I mean, you could see my mouth move, but you couldn't hear a thing. Where would the smelling be? You'd never smell grandma's chocolate chip cookies ever again. It'd be over. Second part. So look, no one can ever or should never accept that idea of like I just don't belong to, to, to Jesus. I'm not part of the part of the church. Starting verse 18, this is our last chunk. But now God has set the members, each one of them in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now, indeed, there are many members, yet one, meaning there's arms and legs in it. Do you know how thankful I am for elbows? Like, what? Do you know how much you love your elbows? No, you love your elbows. Trust me. You should wake up and be like, man, I love these elbows. These are awesome elbows. So I'm telling you something. You don't believe me? Put your hands out perfectly straight. You have no elbows. Now put the sweetest cheeseburger you've ever had in your entire life right there. Now eat it without bending your elbows. Yeah, you can eat like a dog, or you can be elbow happy. It's like, yes, this is awesome. I have elbows. And no one walks around like, man, look, you see my elbow? This is an awesome elbow. Or, dude, you know what? I have some good-looking feet, right? I mean, my feet, I'm telling you, they are some good feet. That's why I keep them covered up all the time, and they smell like roses. No, no, no. But without them, you can't do anything, I'm not losing it, I promise. Read the Bible. Look at verse 19. And if we're all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Like elbows. Those parts of the body that seem to be irrelevant, oh, man, you ever hit your funny bone? Yeah. Oh, mama, it's like, i get shot. That hurts. You need your elbows. You need your feet. Those parts that are always undercover and never getting attention, God says, look, sometimes those are the parts that receive more honor. They're actually doing more than you think. But more importantly, like you said, look, the ear can be sad. It's not an eyeball, but it's right where it's supposed to be doing what it's supposed to do and it should never feel like it doesn't belong. At the same time, it says the head can never say to the feet, I don't need you, dumb little feet. It can't do that. It cannot do that. Your head needs your feet. Your feet need your head. So here's how it goes down. Someone, even a Christian, a brother or sister in Christ, come in and say, oh, man, you're a weirdo. You don't belong here. What, you're, and they make you feel like an outcast. You know what you need to do? Look at your friend like a gangster right now and be like, forget about it. <laughs> tell him, hey, forget about it. You gotta go, Italian mobster. It's not Italian, it's, uh, New, York. New York, yeah, but New Yorkers are from Italy. They are. Just in my mind. <laughs> Look, people come in and start saying weird stuff. You don't belong here. We don't need you. You're weird. According to this, the head can't say that. It can. It can't say that. It's not true. It's not true. And so, someone tries to push you out of the circle. Don't worry about it forget about it. I'm serious. You're right where you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to do, as long as you're drawing near to Jesus. It will turn out fine. Who's in control of this mess anyways? Verse 18 said, but now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. Spiritual gifts are not natural talents. They're a God-given ability to do something that you just are not that good at doing. That's why you need him to do it. And he'll get the glory and people will be saved or strengthened in their faith. And as long as you try and pursue who God's called you to be, you'll be right where you're supposed to be doing what you're supposed to do and no one can change it. But it's up to you to answer the call. So today we're going to close in a song of worship, but I want you to think right now, look, Odds are no one in here has completely figured out exactly who they are and what they are and what they're good at and not good at. But I want you to think right now, do you want to know? Do you want to be part of an eternal work where God's going to say, well done, the good and faithful servant. and We'll get there and it's going to go really, really good in the end. Or are we going to be ignorant of it? The Holy Spirit would plead, don't be ignorant of this. Don't miss it. Know it. And then pursue it. So today, it doesn't really matter if you know your place or not, you know your gift or not. And we'll get into what they are in the next couple of weeks. But if you would start off today, you you tell Jesus, as we worship, you just say, "Lord, I want to be part of what you're doing. I don't know what my gifts are, but I want to find out. Help me out." You think He'd say no to something like that? I don't think so. God, we thank you. We love God, I love still today, so grateful for your patient mercy, your gentle grace. And yet your grace is so strong and consistent and steadfast. We acknowledge we do not have this life figured out. But Lord, we want to find our place in the body. We want to be part of the church. We want to know what you've called us to do. And God, any of my brothers and sisters that would just ask today, Lord, teach me, show me, lead me. I want to be part of what you're doing. God, I ask, though I already know the answer, but please honor it. Gently, but consistently grow them into who you've called them to be. God, we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen.